If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Folks, I'm Jeff Bressler, turning on the lights of the Make Believe Ballroom and welcoming you into my crystal studio for another program of the great hits of the 1930s and 1940s. I'm hosting the show to keep the music and traditions of past hosts Martin Block, Al Jarvis, William B. Williams, and the legendary Steve Allen alive. Whether you're one of my longtime listeners or a new listener on public broadcasting or community radio stations across the U.S., as well as in the U.K., grab your dance ticket, it's free, and let's reminisce. Hello world and from coast to coast on public university and community radio stations, welcome, welcome, welcome one and all to the Make Believe Ballroom. And thanks for joining me this hour as I share some wonderful swing jazz and big band music and many of the stories behind the records and the personalities who recorded them. I hope you are all having a wonderful day. And speaking of wonderful, wonderful Lenny from down the block is manning his traditional post behind the glass in the record room, tending to his beloved playlist computer. And that computer contains over 2,000 recordings from the big band era. Uh, Lenny, because of that distinction, you have earned the distinction of being deemed the virtuoso of the virtual turntable. And yet to ever earn a distinction in regard to this program is Norton from Three Doors Down, the one and only member of our weekly studio audience for the Make Believe Ballroom. Uh, Norton, his first name, as you might recall last week, came to the ballroom studio with his red lawn chair, and uh, he has that red lawn chair back, and he is in the record room ready to enjoy the show and uh, hopefully uh, annoy Lenny during the proceedings. And uh, Norton, I was also told you stopped uh, by at a Bruzio's Deli to pick up a Genoa salami sandwich on a roll, and that's fine. 
Uh, but the rule is no crumbs in the pristine record room, please. Last week, we discussed the two different versions of the Make Believe Ballroom theme song. The first recorded by Charlie Barnett. And the version we play here at the start of the show each week was recorded later by Glenn Miller. The common link between the two is that the vocals on each were provided by the Modernaires. So to open today's show, people like you and me, Glenn Miller and his orchestra with vocal by the Modernaires. And while we're at it, why don't we just throw in the whole kitchen sink, the Modernaires, Tex Beneke, Ray Eberly, and Marion Hutton from the great 1942 movie Orchestra Wives. Keep them rolling, Uncle Sam. 
I'm Jeff Bressler. This is the Make Believe Ballroom. Lenny in the record room, keeping things moving as usual. And Norton, our uh, studio audience, getting ready to chomp on his Abruzio's Deli Genoa Salami Sandwich on a poppy seed roll. You could always reach me at Jeff at MakeBelieveBallroomRadio.com. That's Jeff at MakeBelieveBallroomRadio.com. Recently, I did a segment on transcribed music records that were released for use on radio only. I played one that was an NBC thesaurus music transcription. Uh, NBC owned their own transcription service that was started in 1935. Now, another player in the transcription game was one C.P. Chip McGregor. Just a little more background before I get to uh, Chip McGregor. The big radio players in the early days, like uh, CBS and NBC, uh, did everything live for the most part. So all of their music programs, their comedies, their dramas, their soap operas, their news, everything was done live. I guess they felt that uh, any recorded program would sound substandard, and not meet the sound quality standards that they had established for their listeners. Now, you have to realize at the time, in the 1930s and 1940s, there were around a 1,000 stations operating in the U.S., many of those stations in small and rural markets, and uh, many were not affiliated with the major network. So these small stations obviously couldn't afford the cost of a full orchestra vocalist and announcer to produce a live music program or any other type of programming. So these subscription services for around $20 were able to produce programming uh, for distribution. And they were basically the equivalent to today's radio and TV syndicators. Now back to C.P. Chip McGregor. Uh, McGregor was the West Coast distributor of Brunswick Records. As a quick aside, and you might not know this, the uh, Brunswick Company, which was started uh, around the mid-1800s, today is still in operation, and you probably know the name Brunswick uh, for their uh, bowling alley equipment. They make uh, boats. Uh, certainly Brunswick pool tables, all kinds of stuff. But in the early decade of the 20th century, they dabbled in phonographic equipment before being sold to Columbia Records. Brunswick was known to have uh, among the most advanced equipment in the industry to produce premium sound for their records. So Chip left Brunswick with the knowledge he acquired at Brunswick Records, and he started his own transcription company, uh, a successful one at that, that lasted way up until the early 1970s, producing a large library of both radio and TV syndicated shows. Chip McGregor produced a lot of music in his catalogs, both long-form programs as well as uh, individual Uh, band recordings. Let me play one for you. The best-known recording of this song was by the Chick Webb Band with a vocal by Ella Fitzgerald. The one we're going to listen to was a four-only 
radio transcription recording of uh, Rocket For Me, and it was recorded by unknown musicians, but uh, who were called for the session, Chick McGregor and his Royal Highlanders. Uh, Obviously, uh, Chip McGregor, uh, not a musician, wanted his name uh, associated with a band for some reason. Why Chick instead of uh, CP or Chip? Also unknown, but uh, maybe a tribute to Chick Webb. We don't know. CP Chip McGregor used the name Chick McGregor on uh, many of his big band transcriptions. Lenny, if you please. Folks, a few weeks back, I was watching, and I don't want to sound immature, but I was watching MeTV on cable, and uh, I happened upon an episode of the old F Troop show. You remember, Lenny, F Troop, uh, Fort Courage, Forrest Tucker, uh, Larry Storch. So I remembered hearing that uh, Larry Storch, the great comedian, was approaching uh, 100 years old. So while the show is on, I uh, wiki Storch and find out that he is indeed going to be 100 years old on January the 8th, 2023. So while I was reading uh, Storch's bio, I came across this great factoid, quote-unquote, 
Due to hard times in the Great Depression, Storch never graduated from high school, instead finding work as a stand-up comic for $12 a week, opening for band leader Al Donahue at the Van Shell in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn. So, in honor of the great Larry Storch, here is one by Al Donahue, Anytime at All, Al Donahue and his orchestra, vocal by Paula Kelly, who married a modern air and eventually became one of the modern airs. This recorded in New York City, July the 28th, 1938. <laughs> I'm Jeff Bressler, and you're listening to the Make Believe Ballroom. Jeff at MakeBelieveBallroomRadio.com. Jeff at MakeBelieveBallroomRadio.com. A while back, uh, Lenny from down the block came into the Crystal Studio for the show. And right after the program, uh, Lenny and his wife, Cookie, were leaving for a uh, Sweet 16. This is this probably a couple of months ago. So Lenny is wearing to go to this party in a restaurant, I kid you not, a brown leisure suit. Seriously, I mean, uh, a brown leisure suit right out of the 1970s, probably directly from his attic, I guess. 
So he tries to tell me it's not a leisure suit, but more of a casual suit. Lenny, to me, a leisure suit by uh, any other name is still a leisure suit. So his wife, Cookie, comes into the studio to bring some cookies for us. And she goes into the record room, and I could see she blasts Lenny. And I guess she told him to go home and change before they left for the party. So the moral of the story is, first of all, it's time for Lenny to modernize his wardrobe. But in conjunction with that, it's also time for the make-believe ballroom to continue to modernize and upgrade. And with that, starting today, if you go to makebelieveballroompodcast.com, makebelieveballroompodcast.com, you will see a mic in a circle on the right lower corner of the page. Uh, You can hit that button. It's going to take you to a box where you have 90 seconds to leave a record request for a big band tune from the 30s or 40s. Don't go to the 1950s. That's actually too modern for us. Uh, Leave us your name and uh, where you listen to the ballroom. And uh, if you're mic shy like Lenny or afraid of uh, messing up, you can re-record as many times as you like. Uh, If the sound quality is good and things are smooth, we'll do a few requests that we will play for you next week. MakeBelieveBallroomPodcast.com So the request line is now officially open. I just borrowed an album, Lenny, uh, as you know, from our friend Maury, that's very interesting uh, when you research its history. The Big 18, the Big 18 was a studio-only big band that was assembled by RCA Victor musical director Fred Reynolds in 1958. Reynolds' idea was to use some of the uh, great songs and arrangements of the big band era while showcasing some of the star sidemen of the great bands by um, actually allowing more time, ample time, for extended solos since the time restraints of 78s, uh, where many of these songs were originally recorded, obviously uh, were no problem in 1958 with 33 RPMs. There were two albums released by the Big 18. They were live echoes of the swinging bands, and the second album was more live echoes of the swinging bands. The album I borrowed from Maury was the first album, Live Echoes of the Swinging Bands. Now, this album was a veritable who's who of jazz and swing sidemen who participated in what turned out to be five recording sessions done between June the 10th and July the 15th, 1958. And not since the legendary metronome all-star dates during the swing era was there a group of sidemen of this caliber assembled for recording purposes. Uh, Some of the sidemen for these two RCA records included uh, Buck Clayton, uh, Charlie Shavers, Rex Stewart, Billy Butterfield. Let me just look at the album here. Hold on. Lawrence Brown, Lou McGarrity, uh, Dickie Wells, Vic Dickinson, uh, Yank Lawson, Peanuts Hucko, uh, Walt Levinsky, 
the great Jaime Scherzer, Sam Donahue, uh, and uh, Barry Galbraith, Milt Hinton, and uh, Jimmy Crawford. I should have put my uh, <laughs> my reading glasses on. Thanks, uh, Maury, uh, for the lend. And Lenny has chosen Tuxedo Junction to play here today on the Make Believe Ballroom. <laughs> Thank you. 
This is Jeff Bressler, Lenny from Down the Block, and our one-man studio audience member Norton in his lawn chair in the record room behind the glass as we forge on with today's edition of the Make Believe Ballroom. Don't forget, we now have a request line at makebelieveballroompodcast.com, makebelieveballroompodcast.com. Just hit the microphone icon on the homepage, and you will have two minutes to verbally give your request. And like I just said, if you are uh, microphone-phobic like Lenny, you can send a request to jeff at makebelieveballroomradio.com. Jeff at MakeBelieveBallroomRadio.com. I also want to briefly mention that I have numerous Facebook pages that are messy and just all over the place in the world of Facebook. Uh, I've been holding an empty Make Believe Ballroom Facebook page that I never used, and I'm now transferring uh, music-related content from other pages to that page. So go to Make Believe Ballroom on Facebook, Make Believe Ballroom on Facebook, and like the page and uh, follow the page for everything that is Make Believe Ballroom radio-related. Currently, unfortunately, there is one like and one follow, both entered by me. So even loyalists like Lenny from Down the Block and Norton have uh, been traitors to me and not taken the initiative to sign on, but I'm sure they will along with you. Make Believe Ballroom on Facebook. And if you are on one of my other pages like Retro Radio Land, please also like and visit the Make Believe Ballroom Facebook page. I just played Tuxedo Junction from the Maury Lent RCA Records Live Echoes of the Swinging Bands, and I said that this session was comparable to music recorded by the Metronome All-Stars. I've done extensive segments on the Metronome concerts and recording sessions, uh, but if you mention Metronome, you have to play a Metronome record. This record I am about to play, Lenny, I think was from the second session. Yes, the second in a series of periodic sessions, which featured a gathering of leading swing-era musicians that were chosen by readers' polls from Metronome magazine. This recording date was produced by Victor's New York music director, Leonard W. Joy, and Metronome's editor-in-chief, the great and legendary jazz journalist George T. Simon. On this record, we have Count Basie, Buddy Rich, Charlie Christian, Artie Bernstein, Benny Goodman, Toots Mondello, Benny Carter, Coleman Hawkins, Tex Beneke, Harry James, Ziggy Ellman, Cootie Williams, Tommy Dorsey, and J.C. Higginbotham. On Victor Records, 1 o'clock jump by the Metronome All-Star Band, recorded in New York City, January the 16th, 1941.
watching in total fascination as uh, Norton is attempting not to make crumbs in Lenny's radio room while finishing his Genoa salami sandwich on a poppy seed roll and uh, seems to be washing it down with a diet A&W root beer. Uh, For some reason, Genoa salami and diet uh, A&W don't really seem to go together, to, to me at least. I think the high-octane sugared uh, A&W root beer would better serve you in this instance, Norton, but that's your choice. So we played a selection from the album Live Echoes of the Swinging Bands. That was a 33 RPM recording. I want to play a different kind of album record for you now that was on a 78 RPM recording. The record I'm going to play was issued as one of eight in Victor's last of four early 1940s album sets that featured cast members of NBC's weekly program, the Chamber Music Society of Lower Basin Street. Let's listen to, from the album Strictly from Dixie, Shine, Henry Levine and his Strictly from Dixie Jazz Band, originally issued as part of a Victor album, recorded in New York City, February the 4th, 
So the 33 RPM from live echoes of the swinging bands and the 78 RPM record from a set of eight records collectively called Strictly from Dixie are both considered albums, even though we currently think of a record album as a single 33 RPM record. So let me take a minute to talk about albums. Originally, 78 RPM records were normally sold in a plain paper sleeve. If it was a fancy sleeve, it might have shown the name of the record company or the store name uh, where the record was sold. There was a hole in the middle of the sleeve where you could see the record label. So if you were a music fan in the days of the 78s and you started to accumulate a large number of records in your collection, uh, which were fairly breakable, uh, folks needed to find a remedy to store their records or make them more transportable uh, if they, for example, wanted to bring them to a friend's house to play. The uh, German record company, Odeon Records, pioneered the album in 1909 when it released the Nutcracker Suite on four double-sided discs in a uh, specially designed package. So for the first time, a collection of music was packaged together for easier storage and organization. So after that, blank record albums that had empty record sleeves started to appear. And I can still remember Uh, going to my friend Larry's house and uh, going through his father's record albums, uh, which were all leather-covered books that he kept his records in. He had dozens of these albums storing his collection. In the 1930s, record companies began issuing collections of 78 RPM records uh, by one performer or one type of music in specially assembled albums like the recording of Shine we just heard from the Strictly from Dixie album. Now, typically, these albums had artwork on the front cover and uh, liner notes on the back or the inside cover. Uh, Most albums included three or four records with two sides each, making six or eight tunes per album. And when the 12-inch vinyl LP era began in 1948, uh, each disc could hold a similar number of tunes as a typical album of 78s. So they were still referred to as an album, as they are even today. little history on the record album here on the Make Believe Ballroom. Folks, did you know that Kate Smith could swing On occasion, from 1947, Kate Smith, please don't talk about me when I'm gone. Better not to talk at all in 
I got an email a few weeks back from Scott in Casanova, New York. Uh, Casanova, if I recall, is uh, southeast of Syracuse, New York. And, you know, a lot of folks don't realize that in New York State, once you go north of uh, New York City and its uh, suburbs, the state is quite beautiful and uh, pretty much uh, still pristine and rural. So, Scott sends me this email to let me know, as he has in the past, that he listens to the show on 1940s UK Radio, which is just a wonderful uh, community radio station in the United Kingdom that features the make-believe ballroom. We're very fortunate to have a number of listeners uh, in the UK. So Scott commented on our friend Tim in Fairport, New York, about his email to us about Technicolor, Uh, that we received a few weeks ago and some of the Technicolor movies that featured big bands. And Scott mentioned uh, that right in Tim's backyard is the George Eastman, as in George Eastman Kodak Museum in in Rochester, that has a a really nice exhibit uh, on the history of Technicolor. Now, the final sentence in Scott's email is the greatest final sentence to an email of all time, he says, quote, unquote, okay, I'm being called for dinner. Thank you very much. That's how Scott concludes his email. Scott, thank you so much for the email. One of the reasons I bring it up, and Scott mentioned a lot of other things uh, in the email that I just don't have time to go into right now, uh, but one of the reasons I do bring it up is that these emails keep Lenny and myself going. You know, folks, you don't broadcast on public and community radio for the uh, fortune it brings you. Our fortune is knowing that our listeners are enjoying the program. So keep sending those emails to Jeff at MakeBelieveBallroomRadio.com. Jeff at MakeBelieveBallroomRadio.com. And now I send it to Lenny in the record room. Lenny, your choice.
Teddy Wilson on the piano with moments like this, his orchestra and his vocalist, Nan Wynn, recorded by the band on March the 23rd, 1938. Two significant events took place during the playing of that record. First, uh, Lenny said, I droned on too much during this broadcast and we owe the listeners more music. And a second significant event is that Norton opened and consumed the uh, dessert he purchased to go along with his Genoa salami sandwich, uh, that being a fresh package of Hostess Twinkies, a nutritious lunch eaten by Norton today in the record room. And I think I did drone on too much today, so more music, more Big 18 here with Liza. Thank you. 
are just about out of time. Norton, it is time to fold up your lawn chair and leave for home. Uh, I guess your meal of an A&W root beer, Genoa salami sandwich, and Twinkies uh, that you consumed in the record room uh, during the recording of this episode of the Make Believe Ballroom uh, consisted of a dinner and a show. So (laughs) I hope you were entertained. Thanks for joining us. And uh, as always, Lenny, my friend, thank you for all you do as the virtuoso of the virtual turntable. And uh, friends, don't forget, for requests, go to MakeBelieveBallroomPodcast.com. That's MakeBelieveBallroomPodcast.com. Hit the mic on the front page and record away with your selections. Our last selection here today, uh, how about a little... Ziggy Elman and his orchestra with You Took Advantage of Me, recorded in New York City, August the 29th, 1939. We'll see you all again next week. true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's join M-I-D-I dot com.